The water's finally receding, but British Columbia and Washington State still reeling after that atmospheric river a few days ago downloaded a 200-year rainfall. Now it's nothing but a mammoth cleanup that'll take a lot of time. What's worse? The homes swept away and floodwaters entering homes that remain. The third largest metropolitan area in Canada still cut off from the rest of the country. The two railroads to the largest port in the country down. Highways still closed to the east. Food and fuel running low in the center of a province. To the south, Interstate 5 and the main west coast artery down Washington, Oregon, California to Mexico blocked towards Seattle for a couple of days. Call it what you want but experts are warning extreme weather is likely to become more common. In the summer, fires in a dry and thirsty land. Now the floodwaters roared. Never forget, God is a very present help in trouble. Welcome to Haven Today. I'm Charles Morris, and it's my great joy to share with you the great story that's all about Jesus here on this Friday. And we're wrapping up a series today called Pilgrims on the Way. I am a poor. Traveling through this world of woe, yet there's no sickness, toil, or danger in that bright world to which I go. So many songs about being a pilgrim, a stranger in this world. That's a traditional folk song sung for us today by Emmylou Harris, Wayfaring Stranger. And the more you read the Bible, the more you see the pilgrim mindset it presents. We're just traveling through with our eyes on the prize to be with Jesus across the Jordan, to be with the King in his celestial city. But have you noticed that many of these songs are almost laments? They reflect the gloom and the weariness of the journey. It's not easy to live as a Christian in this world today. John Bunyan knew that way back in the 1600s. Paul the Apostle knew that in the very first century. Despair and sadness, toils and troubles, but there is a lot of good news. Jesus was a pilgrim himself. He came to this world, he felt that sadness, and he suffered greatly. He knows the hardship, but he reminds us of this great truth. In this world you will have trouble, but take heart, I have overcome the world. In a moment, we're going to reflect on the encouraging words of Jesus. They're honest words. This world is tough and hard, but hopeful words. He has overcome the world. And that's the fuel that keeps pilgrims and wayfaring strangers moving through this life, pressing on to the celestial city where life will forever be joy in the presence of our King. And speaking of John Bunyan and Pilgrim's Progress, did you know it's the best-selling book in the English language outside of the Bible? And this week, I've been so happy to offer you an adaptation that was written for children, but many adults like me are reading it as well. It's called Little Pilgrim's Big Journey. I love how the author stayed true to Bunyan's story, but he helps us understand it with easy-to-read words. Brilliant! full color illustrations, page after page. 
and questions at the end of every chapter for helpful discussion. I asked the author, Tyler Van Haltren, who now lives in Cambodia, what compelled him to create this new rendition. If I was to leave, if God was to take me home, or if, if I was to die, what would I want to leave in my son's hands? And really the first thing that came to my mind was, wow, I would love for them to have these books, to, to be with them, uh, to leave that, you know, a sense of legacy, but to equip them for the journey ahead. Because one of the things I think not many Christian books deal with for kids is suffering, difficulty, trials. How can our kids face those and stand strong? And in the Pilgrim's Progress, the, there's many trials, many difficulties he faces, and yet it always points him back to the, the king, uh, trusting in mm. the king. The mm. king is with him. The king will strengthen him. The king will help him. And that's what I want my kids to, to remember. Tyler Van Haltren, originally from Toronto, will join us again in a moment to read from his new book called Little Pilgrim's Big Journey. And I so appreciate the heart of what he just said. He wants this storybook to help children better prepare to face the difficulties of life while at the same time strengthening their faith in Jesus. And Tyler's done a masterful job publishing this book with a cloth hardcover and gold foil print. It's a real treasure that'll last for decades to come. And everyone will be captivated by the full-page illustrations that help bring the story alive in a fresh new way. So I want to send Little Pilgrim's Big Journey for your gift to this listener-supported ministry. This is a sort of Christmas gift that'll have an impact on the life of a child for years to come. After the program, call us at 800-654-2836. That's 800-65-HAVEN. Or go online, see the illustrations, watch the video about the book, and you can make your gift at haventoday.org. Haventoday.org. And don't forget, we still have the manger mission that includes a boxed set with a storybook about the wise men and the wooden nativity. Encourage your family or a family you love to start a new tradition this Christmas season that will lead to Jesus. Ask about it when you call or watch that video explaining it when you go online. And now let's get started with Sovereign Grace. Though the dark is overwhelming and the brightest lights grow dim, though the word of God is trampled on by foolish men, though the wicked never stumble and abounds in every place, we will all be without and those within will be underneath our feet and never rise again all our sins will be behind us through the blood of christ erased and we'll taste your kindness when we see
sorrow will be healed All the dreams that seemed could never be Will all be real And you'll gather us together In your arms of endless grace As your bride forever When we see We see your face, of course, a sign title pointing us to Jesus by Sovereign Grace, opening this haven today and a program here on Friday called Pilgrims on the Way. What do you do when doubts begin to creep in? Now, it happens to all of us at some time or another. The dark, gloomy clouds of doubt settle in around you. Am I good enough? Have I done enough? As Christians, we know that the Lord is our salvation. Jesus has done what we could never do. But sometimes those doubts still come. Is the Lord good? Does he really care about me in my life? Does he even think about me at all? None of these doubts can be done away with easily. We can't just read a quick verse or remind ourselves of the truth and have our doubts magically whisked away. It just doesn't work that way. And if you are struggling with doubts in your life, I want to encourage you that this is where the Lord will meet up with you. And of course, there are all kinds of doubts. One kind is the skeptical kind of doubt, the kind that is always looking for problems, the kind that doesn't really believe but just wants to create reasons to doubt. The Lord can work in the midst of that kind of doubting too. But I'm not talking about doubt like that. I'm talking about doubts like those of Job. We know from Scripture that Job was a man of faith. He was even called righteous. He loved the Lord, and he took care of his family, even offering sacrifice every day just in case his children had sinned. Yet Job suffered. He was innocent, but tragic circumstances brought him to the depths. 
and in the depths of his pain and confusion, Job gave voice to his doubts. He asked why the Lord continued to ignore him. He said it felt like the Lord was his enemy sometimes, that the Lord was even stalking him to make sure he afflicted him. He wondered why the Lord was so obsessed with causing him pain. Now that's doubting, but not the kind of doubting that is just looking for reasons not to believe. Doubts that came from a very deep faith. In the midst of all these accusations, who was Job talking to? He was talking to the Lord. He knew that the Lord hears his people. He knew the Lord was listening and he knew who he belonged to. Those doubts, those questions about God's goodness to him arose out of his deep faith in the Lord. And maybe that's where you are right now. Maybe life has lowered you into the depths and you haven't lost your faith in the Lord. And yet you're still struggling. The words of Job might be how you feel. And just like Job, your faith has led you to cry out to the Lord. It's here, in the depths that the Lord can meet you and lift you up from the miry pit. In this story, Pilgrim's Progress, the character Christian has a similar experience at a place called Doubting Castle. Tyler Van Haltren has written this adaptation of Pilgrim's Progress for a younger audience, and... He read a few chapters from his book for us. I'm going to listen to his reading of The Castle of Despair, which finds Christian in the depths of the dark, gloomy clouds of doubt. The narrow path soon became rough and rocky. The boys longed to return to the delightful path by the river. Their feet were sore from their big journey, and they became tired and discouraged. Later they saw a smooth meadow of grass. To get to it, Christian jumped over a fence. Let's go this way he said. But what if it's the wrong way? Hopeful said. It won't be, said Christian. I can see ahead. It follows the path. As it became dark, Christian and Hopeful were lost. I shouldn't have listened to you, said Hopeful. We should have stayed on the king's path. Forgive me, Christian said. I was wrong to leave the path again, and I should know better by now. Let's turn around and go back. But a heavy rain flooded their path. They couldn't find their way back. They decided to sleep there for the night, shivering in the cold rain. They didn't know they'd fallen asleep near the doubting castle. They woke to the sound of a loud, rough voice. What are you doing on my land? Christian was terrified. We're pilgrims. We're lost. and We didn't know better. That's no excuse for trampling on my grass, said Giant Despair. He picked them up and dragged them to his castle. Giant Despair threw them into a dark and dirty dungeon. They lay there for days without a crumb of bread or a drop of water. They were far from family and friends or anyone to help them. Worse still, the giant beat them. He yelled at them, You'll never get out of here. You'll die here in this prison. So give up hope. There's no way out. I give up, Christian said. But Hopeful encouraged him. Be patient, brother. We must wait and hope. Maybe someday he'll forget to lock us in. It was more than Christian could bear. This is all my fault, he cried. I led us away from the path. I failed so many times. I don't deserve to be a pilgrim. I don't deserve to enter the celestial city. The king will never let me in now. But Hopeful said, The king is merciful. He'll never abandon you. We'll soon see the celestial city. 
Remember how brave you've been so far. Apollyon couldn't crush you. The valley of the shadow of death didn't turn you away. With the king's help, you've overcome many difficulties, and you'll overcome this one as well. Early the next morning, Christian woke and said, What a fool I've been! How could I have forgotten? The king left a key called Promise hidden here in my pocket. I'm certain it will open any lock in Doubting Castle. Christian tried the key in the door, and it worked. Together they pushed it open. But then, as they opened the gate leading out of the castle, it made a loud creaking sound, which woke up giant despair. The giant chased after them. But just as he reached to grab them, the sun pierced through the clouds and blinded him. He fell to the ground with a huge crash. The boys ran until they reached the king's path again. They put a sign there to warn other pilgrims about the castle of despair. They jumped back over the fence, thanking the king for delivering them once again. It was Tyler Van Haltren reading a chapter from his just-out adaptation of Pilgrim's Progress. Christian's doubts were all centered on his own circumstances. He had led them away from the king's path, and they wound up in the dungeon. What were they to do? Where were they to go? The Doubting Castle was the place where all his insecurities came just pouring out, like a flood I talked about when we opened the program. And that's exactly what happens with us, too. It isn't when things are going great that we begin to doubt. It's when we're there in the dungeon, locked deep inside a Doubting Castle, and it seems there's no way out. Except there is one way out, and that one way is Jesus. The promises he gives can meet us at our lowest or when we're in the darkest. It's Jesus who said, I am the light of the world. Anyone who believes in me will not walk in darkness. Now that's a promise that can pull us out of the pit. Jesus also said, I am the resurrection and the life. Anyone who believes in me, even if he dies, he will not stay dead. Anyone who believes will live to see the celestial city. Jesus also said, I have come to give my life as a ransom for many. No matter how high your sin is piled, no matter how heavy you think it is, he has come to take your sin away and to clothe you with his righteousness. Another place Jesus said, I am with you until the end of the age. You may cry out to him when you're suffering and know that he's always there, even when it seems like he isn't. He cares for you. He loves you. And he's with you. Our Lord Jesus said, Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be opened to you. Ask, and it will be given. That's not a magic formula, but instead a powerful promise that the Lord is always near. He's there, and we can knock, seek, and ask for him always. Jesus said, In this world you will have trouble, but take heart. I really need to hear this. Take heart. You need this too. This world tries to steal your heart away, to grind it down to nothing but despair. But again, take heart. And why can you do that? Not because we're so very strong or so very wise. Take heart. Because he has overcome the world. He was crushed by this world. He was crucified by sinners. But in his resurrection, he overcame the dark, gloomy clouds of doubt. And he promised 
then even if not now, one day all of these clouds will be driven away. Jesus is our promise. And when we cling to his promise, we find a way out of the castle of the gloom and into the light of Christ. Turn your eyes upon Jesus, the old hymn sings. Look full in his wonderful face. And the things of earth, the shiny, attractive things here and now, the things of earth will grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace. He's calling you today to step into the light by faith, and his promises will stay with you as you continue on your way until you see his glorious face. rendition yesterday, but that's the scripture lullabies version of Turn Your Eyes. Turn Your Eyes Upon Jesus here on this Haven Today and Pilgrims on the Way. I hope you've been encouraged on your journey with Christ today, and in fact, all week if you've been able to join us, I have. And I want to encourage you to think about ways you can point the children and families in your life to Jesus. Help the kids around you see that life will not always be easy. But if Jesus has taken our burden, he will walk with us through every trial we ever encounter. And that's what the new storybook called Little Pilgrim's Big Journey is all about. The heart of John Bunyan's original story is still there, but it's been rewritten in an easy-to-understand way, and it's been brought to life with colorful, full-page illustrations, page after page. Yes, it's geared for kids, but adults are now reading it too, like me, and finding that we can understand the story in a whole new way. 
Tyler Van Haldren told me he hears from parents and grandparents all the time who say the book is soaked in tears after they've read it. And before I give you our number and our website, let me just thank everyone who's already reached out and made a gift and asked for Little Pilgrim's Big Journey. Many are asking for a copy for themselves. Many are asking for multiple copies to send it to others for Christmas. So won't you call us right now? And you can call us at 800-654-2836. That's 800-65-HAVEN. And as a thanks for your gift, we'll send you this cloth hardcover storybook with gold foil print. Your gift will help us keep sharing this great story of Jesus with others. But you can also visit us online. And if you can, look at the illustrations there and watch the video about the book. And then make your gift at haventoday.org. That's haventoday.org. Just before we go and start our weekend, we still have the Manger Mission boxed set with a sweet storybook about the wise men and a wooden nativity that kids can play with. It's a fun tradition that points to Jesus, something every family needs this coming Christmas season. I'm Charles Morris. Thanks for joining me. Won't you come back again Monday when again we'll meet up And we'll share again together the great story. It's all about Jesus here on Haven Today. Here for your encouragement and your walk with Jesus, I'm Charles Morris with Haven Ministries, inviting you to anchor your day in God's Word. It's one of the great Christian truths that the church is a feasting church, not a fasting church. We feast on Christ's grace and love to sustain us in this world where many often go hungry, like the Macedonian Christians in Paul's day. 2 Corinthians 8 tells us they were poor. They didn't have enough to feast, but Christ was enough. They gave out of their poverty to love others. By his grace, Christ supplies the feast, his love, his life, his body and blood. Christians feast on these by faith. And it strengthens us in our calling to love the Lord and to love our neighbors. So open your Bible. Start stuffing your face. He'll provide all you need. Spend more time with Jesus with Anchor Devotional. Visit GetAnchor.com.